from Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. I absolutely admire a lot of people who left big corporate jobs or big law firm positions or big accounting positions because they just were afraid of burning out or losing family connection and just being this automaton, well, it's Monday, I got to get on the road. It's Thursday, I'm coming home. I mean, that's not a way to live. Today on episode nine of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Mark Halpert. Mark was a corporate officer of a billion dollar company. When his job was going to move overseas, Mark decided he would pursue his entrepreneurial dream instead. Unforeseen circumstances, however, brought new business to a standstill. Mark managed to get past the initial business crisis, and today he operates three companies. You can find out more about Mark and all of our episodes at smashingtheplateau.com slash going solo. Are you building your business after a job loss? Let's talk. Visit our site at smashingtheplateau.com. Click schedule time with David to speak with me. Now, before we jump into this incredibly important topic with Mark, I'd like to talk about CASSource. If you're creating content that gives real value, ideas, information, a story, a gift, or entertainment, and you want to build connections with your audience, call the marketing team at CASSource. They'll help you with the creative and the execution of the creative. Learn more by visiting CASCM.com. Now let's welcome Mark Halpert. Mark is a self-described multipreneur. Since leaving the corporate finance world in 2001, Mark has started three companies, all of which he still operates. In 2010, he started his third company, Connect to Collaborate, to spread his LinkedIn and networking evangelism. He offers professionals the opportunity to better explain their brand and positioning on their LinkedIn profile pages. Why them versus the competition? His book, LinkedIn Marketing Strategies for Law and Professional Practices, published in June 2017 by the American Bar Association, helps all types of professionals learn to better market themselves using the tools in LinkedIn. His latest book, You, Us, Them, LinkedIn Marketing Concepts for Nonprofit Professionals Who Really Want to Make a Difference, self-published in June 2018. It's the only book of its kind aimed at the nonprofit, NGO, and association industries. Mark is currently working on an online LinkedIn course for baby boomers and other encore career seekers. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Nice to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And this is a topic that we didn't talk specifically about the last time you were on, but let's just get started right with the sort of the heart of this discussion, which is how did you become suddenly unemployed? I was a corporate officer of a billion-dollar corporation in Stanford, Connecticut. And since I sat on top of all the cash, I knew when a lot of questions came that someone was taking a run at the company. And indeed, a Dutch company bought the company I was in. And they said, they're very nice to me. They said, would you like to move to the Netherlands? But I said, you know, I'm really flattered, but I have a rising high school senior and I can't do that to her. I can't leave to make her start all over again. So I was popular at home, but unpopular in the office. But nonetheless, I said no. And then I sort of had been fishing around for something to do on my own as I was getting a little frustrated and bored with my job and not particularly happy with the people I was working for and decided I would just do it. Finally, bite the bullet, get out there and pursue that dream. And that was about September 9th, 
2001. And two days later, the world came to, for that, those purposes, an end for a year. Nothing happened after September 11th. So that's how I became under, unemployed. <laughs> for, wow, for a year. <laughs> yeah, nobody was doing anything. I was out there trying to sell and convince people to be interested in online electronic payments by ACH from your credit card, from your checking account or by credit card. And no one was listening to anything new. In fact, checks weren't processing because all the planes had stopped flying. And the backlog in the Federal Reserve was like weeks long. So the economy was coming to this horrible halt. And people were really nervous about doing anything unusual. We were licking our wounds and um, had a hard time finding anybody who'd even see me. And that was very disconcerting. A year seems like a really long time. A year. Yeah, wow. A year. Yeah, a year, because my initial clientele was going to be large corporate or mid-sized corporates, and they were dying. They were just did not know what to do. They were letting people go like crazy. The financial markets were a mess. Uh, no one was doing anything interesting. Small businesses were interested, but it was still too sexy, too weird. They didn't quite understand it. And then what's weird, David, we had a bunch of human catastrophes. And I hate saying this, but out of human catastrophes, the human will and human intellect get so much smarter and sharper. So there were tsunamis, there were earthquakes, there were hurricanes, there were floods, you name it, it happened, seemed like in about a year after 9-11. And people started to be more acclimated to making online payments to help others in need. It got the money there faster. It was a lot less paper. The banking systems were turning the internet into a tool as opposed to something they were worried and nervous about. So after about a year, I started to emerge as a guy with a new idea that was a little, maybe a year ahead of its time. So I was happy to take that ball and run with it. And Mark, where did you come up with the idea in the first place? Ah, before I left that company I was telling you about, we were on the cusp of the technology. We were the first company in the United States, perhaps the world, to accept credit cards on the internet for registration for educational events. No one had ever done that before. It was all done by paper and check. And we decided just we didn't have the time or the person power to monitor all that paperwork. So we found a bank that was willing to process electronic payments with us online and provide us. It was very, very crude, as you can well imagine, a system that worked. It actually worked. Uh, took an hour for a transaction to be approved. It probably had some, I don't know, manual work in the background. Some poor schlep was running around with paper to get this approved, get that approved. But it worked. And so we got written up for doing something new. And so when the company folded or was sold, I took that idea and said, you know, this thing is so new. It's got to have legs. And I thought of hundreds of different applications for nonprofits, for event registration, for membership Re renewals, magazine subscriptions, you name it, anything with a recurring theme or a, a series theme. And um, I thought it was a great idea. And now 19 years later, I'm still doing that, among other things. Right. But right. <laughs> right. And, and you were certainly were aware of something that was going to become very widespread. It made sense. The timing was right. It's just that the people weren't ready for what the technology was doing. It took those human catastrophes to make people think differently. So yeah, at the timing worked. And Mark, were you pursuing this on your own? Hmm. Good question. Initially, when I went out on my own, I had bought an, a franchise for 
a payment processor, which turned out to be not the most honorable group of people, despite my checking them profusely. Nonetheless, it gave me the educational background, gave me the tools with which I could eventually go out on my own and be an independent sales rep. So I became an independent sales rep for a company that I'm still sales repping for, still repping for now 17 years later. I watched their business grow from inside a garage to a big billion dollar corporation. So I'm an old guy, an old timer in a new industry in a company that has really grown dramatically. So I get pretty much most of what I ever need and really, really well, so long as they meet me 51%, I'm happy to meet them 49%. It's been a great relationship. Yeah, there's certainly something to be said for being in at something at the early stages. However, what did it take for you to be able to have the fortitude to keep pursuing something for so long before it started to show measurable positive results? Well, I'm either very dense or very optimistic, and I think I'm really optimistic more than I am dense, but I kept banging doors. I kept hearing people saying, this is a really incredible idea. I'm not ready for it. I figured eventually everybody's going to be ready for it. I figured if enough people weren't shutting me down or saying, you know, Mark, you really ought to go back to corporate. This is really not working. Uh, I kept opening little, little accounts, a few little accounts, a few little accounts. Then I opened bigger accounts. Then I opened one really big account. And I said, you know, it just takes time. So I had to have that stamina, that tenacity, because I knew it worked. And plus, I didn't want to go back to corporate. So what was my choice? So I decided to just make it work. And there were some tough times. There were some really tough times. I had kids who were going to college. There were some tough times, but we made it work. So... Um, what I'm also hearing from you is that getting positive feedback from the marketplace is something that can help encourage you to keep at something, even if you're not making sales yet. Well, you always want to rub new ideas on people that think outside of the box. And I've always, I mean, since 18 years now, 19 years, I have always found far more intellectually capable people far more risk-taking, smart, foreseeing people out of corporate than I found in corporate. I, I think corporate sort of dumbs you down after a while. You sort of do your thing and get out. Things are different now than they used to be. But nonetheless, I have an, an entourage, a coterie of people who I rely upon for crazy ideas to help me formulate them. And they say, you know, this is amazing. This is great. Let's, let's talk about this further. Or you didn't consider this, that, or the other. Everybody's in it together in the area of what it's like to be on your own as an entrepreneur. I'm sorry for the phone. It's okay. Um, never rings otherwise. It always rings when I don't want it to. Um, I'm, I'm always the type of person that can find people that want to help for no other reason just to help. I do that too. What goes around comes around. I really believe that. So I do that for others and I don't expect it back, but it comes back in buckets. I've said that for years. I just find that the right group, small group of people makes all the difference in the world. I don't think I had that in corporate. I think we were, it was too competitive just to claw your way to the top of the small corporation or the, small, or the corporation. The world's huge right now in the entrepreneurship world. So I don't think we, I feel that as much. It's wonderful. So you find that entrepreneurs, as a general rule, tend to be more giving and more collaborative than people inside corporate. 
it's a much warmer network for me. Of course, a lot of people complain about their network, say they don't get anything from the network. I believe that if you give a lot, you get a lot. And I give my networking connections. If you're listening, you know it. I give them a lot. I stop what I'm doing to help them. I, I expect that back. And they do that for me almost uniformly. Some, I mean, we mentioned a name just a minute ago. Some people are just absolutely incredible. They are beyond belief. Their warmth, their excitement, they're wanting to see you succeed. They give you opportunities to do things that are just not in the cards necessarily that you expect. I just shake my head with a really warm feeling inside sometimes that I know a vast number of fantastic, incredible people. That's great. Yeah, it is great. So for somebody who may be in the same situation now that you were in almost 20 years ago, where they've been in corporate, they suddenly find themselves becoming an entrepreneur, they haven't developed this great network of other entrepreneurs because they've been in corporate. What's step one? Step one, make a list. Actually, make a couple of lists. One is the list of the close entourage of people that you think you can trust. Step two, or list two, is the group of people that you don't want to lose control or, or access to. You want to be sure that you are maintaining the connection. Now, maybe those were people in your corporate life, or maybe those were people in a previous job that you just always felt warm to, and you felt like there was something that you would just pull that card one day when you needed it. And then there's the third list, which is probably the list of everybody else that you just may just need someday. So I basically, I had three Rolodexes, and you've been around, you know what a Rolodex is, some people don't, but I had three Rolodexes, the good guy Rolodex, the medium guy Rolodex, and this other guy Rolodex. And I was able to pick and pull cards as needed, contact people. And when things were really rough, I would call them up and say, I'm still alive. I'm doing okay. I could always do better. So keep in mind, if you hear something, send it my way. You will not be disappointed. Your client will not be disappointed in what I do. I will make you and me look sterling. Can you give me that opportunity? So always, never, I should say, never be afraid to ask for help of the people that you rely upon or think you can rely upon, that second level. Always give 110% of yourself whether you get it back or not. You can't go wrong with that. Now I want to talk about a different kind of help, which is paid help. And, and I'll tell you why. There's, there's been an explosion of people who call themselves coaches or other kinds of advisors for entrepreneurs. And if you are a first-time entrepreneur and you're, you know, let's say you're in your 50s, you may be quite scared about taking the first step and you don't want to lose money, particularly if you were earning a good living in corporate and you've built up some assets, you don't want to lose them. You don't want to see them invested unwisely. Yet you may realize that the way to um, accelerate your growth as an entrepreneur is to, is to pay for some help. Do you have any thoughts about how to determine where some useful investment can be really wise and can provide some good returns? Okay. So let me take this from the outside and I'll move in. First of all, not all help that you need to get has to cost you anything. Now, you always get what you pay for. I, I believe that. But 
there's a group like Service Corps Retired Executive Score. And if you've never run a business before, they'll walk you through writing a business plan. And that is worth bucks. That's worth a lot of money. They charge nothing. It's part of the Small Business Administration. So get to your score chapter. Find the score uh, counselor that you want to talk to and find the one that you mesh with best. And some of the people I know, and I was a score client early on, and now I'm a score mentor, some of the clients and the mentors stay on with each other for decades as their business continues to grow. So that's free. You can read everything that's out there. You can read some of what's out there. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. But there's some excellent material out there to read or watch as a video to learn, no matter how you learn, doesn't necessarily cost you something. But I'll go back to what your real question is, and that is you don't pull your own teeth. You don't cut your own hair. You can't do it all. And in my 19 years, I've hired a number of PR people, marketing people, haven't really had a home run with any of them. I haven't really found the right one that understands my businesses. So I decided I was going to make it my business to learn how to market my own brand. And I have done that. And I use LinkedIn as one of my tools. You really do need a good financial planner, especially if you're going out on your own, and a good tax advisor because you're about to enter this netherworld of changing tax codes and uh, 20% tax credits if you are a certain type of entrepreneur and all these rules that you just do not have time to understand on your own, you need to hire a good accountant, a good tax planner, a good financial planner. Maybe you just want to make your accounting all on QuickBooks. And I still use QuickBooks today and does me fine. There's so many people out there. The best thing is then you get a list of all the people you should talk to, and then you got to figure out who in each category you're going to hire. So that's where you go back to that list of the short list of really great people who are going to help you any which way. And you say, these are the names I'm considering. Who should I hire? Who should I avoid? What do you guys know? And you'll get some pretty honest, decent responses back from them because they want to see you succeed. So they don't want to see you have a problem with anybody who's going to try to take you, especially under the shingle of being an expert. But yeah, anybody can be an expert these days. And I've seen people who are experts in things that I just didn't even know there was expertise in. So um, think, go with your gut, go with your colleagues' input, have a budget for some of these things, get a really good web developer, get a really good tech person. So when you really need them, they're there for you. That can come from your networking groups and network. I didn't know what networking was when I first started. And then I learned the hard way what networking really isn't by being part of a group that really was dysfunctional. And then I left and kept finding better and better networking groups. And I don't know, David, you've seen me in action. I love networking. I think it's fantastic. It, it's, I find I, I'm at my best when I'm amongst a lot of smart people in a room. So those are a bunch of ideas for the, the really newbie out there. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Oh, have a great lawyer. Oh, God, how could I forget that? Have a great lawyer to incorporate you, to advise you. You're going to have to sign contracts and non-disclosure agreements and all that stuff. Uh, have a lawyer that's going to say, uh, this is a terrible document. Walk away. And that takes guts because you're leaving business on the table. So all these things, it's all experiential. And then eventually you will just learn your own on your own. Yeah, so... After being in business many years and having three businesses, what do you most love to do, Mark? I love 
making the client know that they can get expertise from me that they can't get anywhere else. The quality I give. I am so proud of when clients stay with me for now 15, 16, 17 years, despite people coming in and try to undercutting my price, despite coming in and trying to say, oh, we can do that for free. Why are you paying somebody for that? Despite being the friend of the chief executive or this or that, when my clients who actually use my services say, "Uh uh-uh, we're not moving from this guy. He's been with us for the long haul. He knows our business inside and out. He knows everybody that in his companies, in his vendors to make things happen for us. And that we come to him and his colleague and say, hey, can you do this? And it may sound crazy. And damn it, we do it because the client wants it. And we do it really well. And we make it develop to what the client needs as the client changes. So that's, I mean, you can hear it in my voice. I get really enthused when clients call or they email and they want to do something new. And of course, Love referrals because that's the nicest thing anybody can do. It sounds trite, but it's the nicest thing they can do is say, hey, that guy, Mark, I've used him for years. Why don't you use him for, give him a chance? And you come in, I happened this morning with a call. Woman said to me, I know all about you. I love what I read about you. I love what my friend told me about you. You don't have to sell me at all. I was like, wow, this is fun. I like this. She said, just answer some questions for me. And I think these were qualifying questions in that she was asking to determine not my expertise, but the level to which I understand how it all works instead of why it works. And um, I think that's a piece of business for tomorrow. So also, it's a great stuff going on in my little world. Mark, what's coming up for you in the near future? What do we have to look forward to? Well, as you mentioned in the intro, I'm working on a online electronic course on LinkedIn for baby boomers. I know so many boomers my age who have retired or just really cut back, especially if you're an entrepreneur, and they're bored. I mean, a friend of mine moved to Florida, and in two weeks, he said, I can't play golf anymore. I'm going crazy. What am I going to do next? I said, well, that's a really interesting question. Let's explore that. And it sort of became the groundwork, plus I'd already taught for nine years at Westchester Jewish Community Services to underemployed boomers. So I had like a living laboratory coming through my courses in nine years. So I was ready. I I know that there's a need out there. I know anecdotally, I know personally, there's a need out there for people who are either underemployed today, not quite doing what they want to be doing, though they are fully employed, or just want to chuck it all and do something new in the nonprofit sphere because they have an expertise in finance or accounting or whatever it is that they have a knowledge base of and they just want to give back to their community. So I wrote the course. I'm ready to record it. It's going to be out in the summer, uh, probably July. I intend to market it like crazy because there's millions, millions of boomers who are not ready to retire, not ready to hang it up, not ready to stay in their job, but they want to sort of reignite or say refire, shall we, their career, because they know that they're just going to get old by sitting home and doing nothing. And they have so much to offer. So that's one thing I'm working on. I continue to source unbelievable clients uh, that need my LinkedIn training. I didn't mention this. You did. I'm a LinkedIn trainer. So I train people in all walks of life. Last week, I trained 85 performing artists. That was fun. Never done that group before. I've trained all women, uh, an all-female audience of political aspirants, people that wanted to either be 
political campaign managers or political candidates. I have trained all sorts of interesting groups of subsets of our society. And um, I keep looking for more because I niche out a little group here, there, every year and try to keep finding more. So uh, there's a new niche that somebody told me about that I think I should teach to, and that is family business people, how to keep the family organized within the LinkedIn uh, profiles and, and the business profile page. So there's, there's a whole, this people come to me with ideas and I, I come up with ideas myself. So I'm not ready to give it up. I'm having too much fun. Mark, how can someone learn more about you, access any resources you have and get in touch with you? Okay. Thank you for asking. My um, daily, week daily blog goes out every morning at 8 a.m. It's a tidbit, a nugget, an idea, a something or other that comes across my life or other people's lives, as they tell me, that is LinkedIn related. Every Tuesday, it's back to basics. It's some sort of thing that everybody needs to just understand and know. Every Some Fridays, it's a guest blogger. But you can go to my blog. It's connect the number two, collaborate, connect to collaborate.blog, and you can sign up and subscribe to my blog. I speak professionally all over the place. So if your organization, company, firm needs a trainer, I just trained the oldest continuously owned New York City construction company in history. They're 185 years old right now, started by this guy's great-great-grandfather. So I train on a corporate level. I train in organizations. I train individuals, person to person, one on one. Great fun for me. Everybody loves what we do together. It just is about some people learn different differently. They don't learn in a group. They learn better one on one. So I take you apart and put you back together on LinkedIn. All of that information can be found on that blog, uh, on that website. Connect to collaborate. Blog. It'll get you to my website as well. My books are out there. I have had people call me from Canada and California and Florida and all over the place and say, hey, I just found your book in the public library or on the bookshelf in the bookstore, and I read your book, and the book was so much fun, but I really want to work with you personally. And that came from an attorney in New Jersey. So that was fun. We had a ball working together because he was fun, and I, I made it more interesting for him to really get the fun part of his personality out into his LinkedIn profile, because that really would reflect well on him. He referred me to one of his friends. His friend referred me to somebody else. So it just keeps kicking along nicely, really, really nicely. You can see me. You can hear me. I'm on YouTube. I'm in the public library. My books are out there. I speak all over the place. Um, And if you're in New York City, you'll probably find me more at, because that's a great market for me. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo. My guest today has been Mark Halpert, LinkedIn coach, trainer, and evangelist. Thank you again, Mark, for joining us. Thanks, David, for having me. When you visit the Going Solo website at smashingtheplateau.com slash goingsolo, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how Mark Halpert went from corporate officer of a billion-dollar company to become a successful multipreneur. Are you building your business after a job loss? Let's talk. Visit our site at smashingtheplateau.com. Click Schedule Time with David to speak with me. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Going Solo to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.